Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Ahoy. Hello. <laughs> Some fortunate sons here. Yes. Uh... So we're talking about minutes 41 through 44 of Forrest Gump. Uh, this segment starts with Forrest saying goodbye to his mom and ends with Lieutenant Dan going to an outhouse. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So most of our episodes end, too. It's it's Vietnam, baby. It's time to go to Vietnam. Cue Vietnam montage. But before that, we do have a little moment. I wanted to say a nice little moment. With Forrest and uh, and Mrs. Gump by his house, a little Sally Field action here. Do you think uh, Mrs. Gump is proud of Forrest, or does she not want him to go? Oh, I don't know. We don't really know much. Like the sad thing about Mrs. Gump is, like all we really know about her <clears throat> in this movie is, uh. She is a woman in this movie, so she her own motivations are not relevant. So. Yeah, the, we're, she 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 exists you know, purely has, as something to someone to orbit around Forrest. Yeah, she has Ben breakfast. She has sex with the principal. She wears dresses, um, <laughs> and she dies. I think that's all we really know about her. Uh, in the Mister Gump's in, on vacation. Mr. Gump got, you know, remember the, the bananas fell on him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the crate of, in the book, crate of bananas. In the book, uh, Mrs. Gump ends up, like, poor and living in a poor house. Hmm. Uh, and Gump really doesn't, Forrest doesn't really visit her at all. As she's just, like, you know, her life, it goes real bad for Miss Gump. Um, but in this... I'm trying to think like politically what Mrs. Gump thinks about Vietnam and I have no clue. So I'm going to go with proud. Uh, proud that he's in the army, but also probably silently conflicted because she doesn't know where Vietnam is on a map and doesn't know why we're there. Mm. But does, she'll never be, say that. Do, does she need to know given where she's from and her class? I mean, she's probably fine with it. What Blindly. do you mean, Joe? Like she's she's fine with the, the war itself. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know. De- I, like, de- if we're just thinking pure demographics here. Sure, sure, but we don't know anything about her politically in this movie because this movie, as we've said before, is pretty apolitical. Well, um, it changes the, in this sequence. Well, so well we go to Vietnam. Um, and. Uh, this is this is the Vietnam montage that is most in my head about Vietnam is the like is is like looking out from the helicopter and seeing the helicopter on the on the ground and hearing credence. To me that is Vietnam. And I don't know if it's that's just used in a ton of movies or if this is just the first one I saw it in or what it is, but to me like this is this is what I know about Vietnam is from Forrest Gump, I feel like. I feel like that's true for a lot of people who are probably too young or not even born for stuff like, you know, Deer Hunter or Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Like or Platoon. Pro- yeah. Um so yeah, this this is probably the formative Vietnam movie for, you know, older millennials or and forward. 
Yeah. I mean, Which is, basically, if you only know movies, you get dropped off in a helicopter and cool rock music is playing while you're flying in it. Yep. Uh, someone eccentric is probably is either manning the gun or is the pilot. There's beer. When you land, everyone is either on drugs or eating, mm-hmm. and they're or- going to be mean to you. Although yep. then this this movie is an exception to that. Uh, if if we didn't see anything more of this movie, you know, I would think, wow, the war in Vietnam looks kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's early on, it does. Like, because ste- even steaks and beer. I mean, ever Lut- Lieutenant Dan is very welcoming. He mentions outside of the beer cans and barbecue, it's a lot different from America. Hmm. But. You know, beer cans and barbecue equals America. So that part they have going. It's like Barbecue's they're getting dropped great. off at. It's like they're getting dropped off at camp. It does look yeah. like a fun camp, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> or like, what... <laughs> or like freshman welcome week at a dorm or something. This is what those adult camps are like, and the, the adult summer camps are just like this. You take a helicopter in. This is and rock and roll fantasy. This is dad rock and roll fantasy camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's rush week. Uh, <laughs> does look pretty fun right here. Um, I will say they did not film this in Vietnam. In case what? you guys were wondering, no <laughs> way they did, they didn't go all Coppola and have a heart attack in the South no. Pacific. Well, like, even he didn't go to Vietnam. Uh, he he at least went to Southeast Asia. Didn't yeah, he? he went is in the Philippines. Yeah, uh, this is South Carolina. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Cancel oh, the show. But, uh, yeah, it's South Carolina. Um, we got. Uh, maybe one of the best musical cues in the movie. We got uh, a little credence. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this was the first Vietnam movie to use Fortunate Son, but it's been used a lot, which kind of sucks because the song's really good. But now it is it's great. Just, is this but, the ultimate nobody listens to the lyrics song? Uh, it's up there. <laughs> It's definitely because I remember there was some veterans tribute show or something. And it was like it was like one of those things where it was like Springsteen and Dave Grohl and someone else. Like they played the song and people got mad because people it's like the like people like Paul Ryan who like lift to rage against the machine or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember John Fogarty was really mad when they put it in a jeans commercial because I don't think he has the rights to this song. No, so I was going to, that is something I I was going to talk about, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, why is Credence always used for Vietnam? Why is Credence always used for Vietnam? So the short answer, so so there's two answers, and one, one is partially true, is that, you know, Credence was popular during the very late 60s, early 70s. Um, but the actual answer that is probably 90% of it is John Fogarty doesn't have the rights to his music and it's cheap. Oh, really? Why did, what did, what awful deal did he sign? I, it's, I don't know the super specifics of it, but like he, that's kind of what led to the fracturing of that band and why John Fogarty like hasn't talked to his brother or those guys in like 50 years or something like that. Also his brother's dead. Uh, but I mean, he didn't like. I've seen he, Rocky. You can still go talk to gravestones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was there was actually a good uh, Pitchfork article about uh, how Credence became the de facto Vietnam soundtrack. 
I think like the most recent use of the song that kind of became a big story was it was it Wrangler or Levi's that wanted to use this song in their commercial and John Fogarty was really mad about it, but there's nothing he could do. Yeah. So here's from the here's from the article on Pitchfork. It says uh, legally the music was readily obtainable because Fogarty had signed away distribution and publishing rights to Fantasy Records, uh, a decision he'd later regret. So yeah, he you know it's kind of the classic music industry story of you know young guys who don't really know what they're doing sign away their rights has anyone signed away their rights and been like to like their music and be like it was a good choice i made a lot of money on it well, well everyone whose songs you don't know right now that got some cash up front for it that's true <laughs> all <laughs> those people yeah they're, they're, they're pretty happy about it isn't uh isn't that kind of the plot of about a boy? Like, didn't Hugh, the Hugh Grant character like just get royalties from a crappy Christmas song he wrote like twenty years ago or something? I think so. Fun, fun story. Uh, before that was a movie, I had the book about a boy, and it was in college, and uh, I think it was freshman year, Joe. But, anyways, um, one of the guys on our uh, floor, good friend Captain Mike, saw the book and was like, oh, "About a boy." Do you have any questions, Rob? I can try to answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> owned. Owned. Listen, I've always been owned, guys. Many times, over and over again. I, I have I have one more interesting tidbit about okay. uh, Fogarty and the movie. Um, so uh, there's a guy, Saul Zantz, which is a record industry name if I've ever heard one, uh, was the guy at Fantasy Records. And so he did own the publishing rights. And this says John Fogarty didn't want his music if Saul was going to profit from it. Uh, and he really tried to make a case against it being in Forrest Gump. Uh, according to sources, Fogarty called the president of Paramount to ask that his music not be in Gump. Uh, didn't well, win that one. <laughs> you'll notice that that when whenever this song is used, you only hear the first two lines of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can't tell that it's an anti-war song uh, from the first couple lines where it's like, some folks were born made to wave the flag, ooh, that red, white, and blue. And then it's like, oh, yeah, America. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, listeners the next, who have the heard next the song, couple lines. <laughs> yeah, there's a turning it. point. Yes. Uh, yeah. And John Fogarty is the rare uh, rock and roller who was actually uh, signed up for the Army, or he obeyed his draft notice. Um uh, it said he received his draft notice. Uh, he went to a recorder and signed him up, um, but the uh, the paperwork uh, got misshuffled, so he did not have to go to Vietnam. Uh. But Fogarty did go to uh, Fort Bragg, Fort Knox, and Fort Lee, which are all in America. So uh, John Fogarty uh, walked the walk and hmm. talked the talk. Uh, I've heard you before say, Joe. I think this is your take that. If pressed to say, like, who's the greatest American rock band ever, you would say Credence. If, yeah, if we're, if we're counting, like, true bands where it's not, like, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers or yeah, Prince Bruce and the Revolution and the Easter yeah. Band. Yeah, like, like I don't, um, what is it, four albums or five? They, they had uh, arguably like even more impressive than the Beatles' run of material in a short amount of time i think they're only a band for like i think they're three or four four years years, yeah yeah um i yeah in term if if uh i mean they're not my like my favorite american band but i I like them a lot they're good and i just think they um 
there, when you really think about it, there's not that many like actual band bands from the no, United States. There are we're, we're that have been around long enough where we can get a little bit of historical perspective and see does our music still matter decades later? Like yeah. this century may have produced you know some that will end up being better, but I don't know. Because America's <laughs> Imagine Dragons. Oh God. Are they even American? Who I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe they're actual dragons. Um, I mean, American bands just tend to like break apart before they can make more than like two or three. We're individuals, albums. man. Yeah, we we do it all on our own. We're the Elvis, like you said. We're Elvis, Springsteen, Dylan, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. doing it all on our own with no help from anyone. Because that's yep. the American way. <laughs> what um, would your pick be, Duff? Uh Credence is a pretty good one and I here's one that I've brought up before and I don't know if this would be the absolute best but I think that if Leonard Skinner had actually called it quits after that plane crash they would be critically adored and they would have a much better reputation but because they just kind of got a rotating cast of you know alcoholic slobs to go to county <laughs> to, to go to to go to count to go to county fairs and just you know lean into that you know heritage not hate shtick like they are what they are but if, <laughs> if you look if you look at those first couple leonard skinner albums they're they're, they're really good yeah hmm. I, what's amazing is is like how inferior american bands are to to british bands in, in con- almost every way like you look at the American bands that that are still like sticking around and cashing in. Um, like you know, my parents still like to go see their favorite like boomer bands when they come around, and, and yeah. I'll I'll go some sometimes to spend time with them. Or if it's a band that I'm like I kind of don't mind. Like my mom's favorite band is the Moody Blues, mm-hmm. and that they're fine. I I don't mind going partly because they they have some good songs. I'll admit it, and also because the crowd watching is hilarious yeah <laughs> and uh but then like the guys in that band and it's I, I would i'm sure the backing band is different but the two main singers like they're in pretty good shape extremely polite on stage very mm-hmm. professional and then i sort of think like the classic example of like the american band that's still around cashing in is like motley crew which duff and i were laughing about last week when they announced yeah. another tour and it's mostly just like a band up there with a backing track, yeah, uh, yeah, that are pretending to play all their instruments, and then just a drunk, like in and out of rehab, bloated, uh, awful singer who can barely stand, and you can't understand a word they're saying. Yeah, um, and then and then you know, you know they they started off with "Kickstart My Heart" or something, and then like Vince Neil will waddle, they, waddle up to the microphone, and, and then say, they literally need to kickstart his heart in order to keep him <laughs> keep him up, right? <laughs> And then he, it's. I do like that they warn the audience because they'll say, "Here's one of our new album." And just oh everyone, yeah, everyone goes through, like everyone's like, "Oh, time to get a beer." Yep. I think Let's, we should take Patreon money to send me and Duff to the Miller Park show, uh, just yeah. so we could record a podcast about it. So that let's see, that was Motley Crue, Poison, Def, Def Leppard. Leopard. I don't like Def Leppard. I, and, and Poison's one of those bands where I have to constantly be reminded: Is that every rose has its thorn? Yeah, yes. poison. Oh, that song sucks. Poison, poisons. I mean, they all, they all have some good songs, but overall suck a lot. 
Joan Jett is awesome, and I feel bad she has to be with those goons. Well, she probably doesn't have to spend any time with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, guys, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> <laughs> is there any, like, like tr- true band band from the United States pre, like, 19... 19- from from the boomer era that isn't embarrassing itself uh what about fleetwood mac they uh, they fired they just fired they, lindsey bucking they're still <laughs> okay. fighting and <laughs> yeah. who they replace them with it was so but to me they're the most for... american rock band but they're not even like, all Ameri- only like like mick fleetwood's not american yeah oh damn uh, okay i mean <laughs> i mean the the easy answer is Springsteen and the E Street Band, although most of those guys are just, you know, one one step away from The answer is Aerosmith, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it actually might be, and I don't agree with it, but it might be the answer. No. Uh, At least embarrassing? I mean... No, but like... Like I don't know, a long-lasting so, American So rock it has all the... It, I'll say it has all the original members. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, but I mean, not, somehow they're I mean, all alive. It might really be Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sorry, guys. Pearl Jam isn't a boomer band, but they still have all their members. Talking Heads is post boomer band, but not and they, doing things. They're not a band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's move on. Uh, well, th- 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 the Aerosmith's enduring legacy. We can thank vaccines for that. Because I'm sure <laughs> they already got one when went down to hepatitis, and I'm sure there would have been more <laughs> vaccines. Oh, they gave us Liv Tyler. If you haven't seen the clip of Steven Tyler fi- falling off the stage, <laughs> go go look that up because that is a classic. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, all right. So the big thing that happens in this in this segment here is we meet Lieutenant Dan. Yep. Old Lieutenant Dan. Uh, we got Bubba talking about shrimp. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah. So Duff, or ex-Duff, sorry. Bubba. Duff. We get Duff and Bubba mixed Bubba, up Bubba all Duff the time. Shrimp. Duff is the Bubba of the show. Bubba Duff shrimp. <laughs> I do have kind of a larger lower lip. Nothing on Bubba. Uh, he just... Big gummed. More transparently than any film has before or since in a mainstream picture just lays bare our imperial ambitions in vietnam which is <laughs> as soon as he lands he's talking about all the things that the americans can take all the natural resources that will be theirs <laughs> and it just presented as him being sort of naive but like he's actually telling the truth that's exactly why we I went mean, there it wasn't for is... shrimp of course but it was you know for rubber and stuff like that yeah. and <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this movie in so long um i was laughing so hard at how you're not supposed to say that, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, we're here for freedom. Uh, again, Bubba ain't stupid. Bubba knows how it's supposed to work. <laughs> uh, I did find out something listening to the commentary on this that it was actually maybe I mentioned this earlier, but I don't remember. It was actually Michael T. Williamson's idea to do the lip. Hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't like an original. Like okay, because we were uh, mad about that last. Yeah, I don't know some other. Well, show. bad idea. Just yeah, gonna say yeah. it. bad idea. <laughs> bad idea uh and, Gary's- and and didn't help his career so <laughs> no really hurt his career um and gary sinise's tripwire line here about his lip is also ad-libbed by sinise uh, so mm. i don't know if that's just Zemeckis being like nah those weren't my ideas passing the buck <laughs> yeah it might be that um 
So do you think? Do you think like the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company, instead of being sort of like, uh, it would have been like a sort of a multinational corporation, like pulling uh, all the shrimp out of like Cambodia and Laos and Vietnam, uh, had the Americans won the war and Bubba survived? We did win the war. (laughs) Rob Rob lives in the Watchmen timeline. (laughs) Uh, That's that's a good point. I mean. That Bubba Gump, because like in the in the movie, Bubba Gump well, shrimp would, is looked at as like a huge multi, like a huge corporation. It would be like a dull pineapple. Yeah, I was gosh darn it, I was just gonna say that they'd be yeah. We we would look at them like we look at dull or um, any uh, of like any of those sugar companies in Cuba before the that darn Castro came back. <laughs> Or how all the all our technology companies? I don't. Are I don't know the those... Dole pineapple thing. What's the Dole? Oh, pineapple? they that that's why we have Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, because of pineapples. Yep. Yeah, the Dole company pretty much uh, got that uh, cl- colonial imperial endeavor going for us. Yeah, oh. and then we pretty much just kicked the indigenous people aside and built naval bases there and made it a state. Huh. I've it's been a there. Feel good I... Forrest Gump minute. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, uh, the the th- problem is we we would have had more places to exploit, but they kept sending Lieutenant Dan's family everywhere, and he kept getting his <laughs> ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, like I know that we're supposed to be like it's honorable. It's like maybe maybe you suck at war and shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, well, it is it is interesting how like I keep going into it. You know how like that can become a. You well, know, well that, they, you know what that leave. tells us is that his family's poor. Yeah. Which bring us back to the point of fortunate son. Yeah. Yeah. That's Lieutenant, true. Although Lieutenant Dan leaves out a couple wars in there. Uh, he does. Where 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 was like where was Lieutenant Dan's uncle for Korea? I don't think anyone was there for Korea. They maybe they didn't have one of Warren age uh, <laughs> for that because it's so close to World War Two. Well, what about Spanish American or? War of eighteen twelve. It's a good, movie, Duff. Good questions, Duff. I don't know. Where where's where's the <laughs> they just dead... show him getting burned alive as the White House is going down in the War of eighteen twelve. <laughs> I just I want to see like one of Lute- a Lieutenant Dan like falling dead in like the French Indian War of whatever year that He's was. hiding in the basement of the Alamo. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a little yes, cross Mexican, movie joke there. Mexican American War. Yeah, they show him as an extra in War of the Roses. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, remember that movie? Uh, I know it was a movie. I, I, I've never seen it. Oh, I, I love. I haven't. I haven't either. But isn't that like a comedy or something? Is that the movie with Roseanne or Bruce it Willis? It no. Both it's of a, us are probably so wrong. A, <laughs> Imagine a movie. Oh yeah, Bruce Willis and Roseanne and War <laughs> yeah, of the it's Roses. Roseanne, the Roseanne Bruce Willis movie, War of the Roses. No, Danny DeVito directed it, and oh, uh, it's got good. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> And uh, Danny DeVito, and it is like a dark comedy uh, about like a couple that's they don't get along. They're it's a I don't know they're having a battle. I just remember as a kid I really liked it. I have not revisited it. What a but weird now... movie for a kid to like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it, it, it was is like Sam a big fan of Marriage Story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is. He doesn't know it. No, I'm kidding. Oh no. Um... <laughs> joke it's a joke 
yeah, I have not seen this. It's, but yeah, it's uh, the marriage begins to fall apart, and material possessions become the center of an outrageous and bitter divorce battle. I remember learning about a bidet in War of the Roses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about what little Lieutenant Dan is wishing for by the end yes. of the scene. Mm-hmm. I've never used a bidet. I've heard they're delightful. Um, I have Joe, you my, for sure have. In my overseas travels, I I had to, <laughs> you have to try it if it's sitting there, right? Yeah. And hi, my first encounter was in high school when we did a school trip to Germany, and uh, all of us were like, conf- we didn't know what it was. And and then at, at like a little after that, I felt stupid about it. But then in hindsight, like no one ever told us what it was. Mm-hmm. You don't grow up and in the United States knowing what you didn't a see bidet War of the Roses. Is. Yeah, is a bidet one of those things where the rest of the world just thinks we're really stupid for spending so much money on toilet paper? <laughs> uh, is this a metric system situation? Do you not need to use the toilet paper if you have a bidet? I, I mean, I, I feel like it cuts down. I don't know. Duff, you ever used one? Nope, I have not. All right, we're going to use our Patreon money for us. <laughs> Duff and I are going to take a bidet well, you, field trip. You can get the kinds that are just I attached mean, to your toilet seat, and then you just tap it one. into your toilet line. Like, the one that I used in Portugal? Yeah, that one is just like a separate um, piece of porcelain. You know, so oh, you, you just walk bit. over there and... Yeah, it's right next to the, the toilet, yeah. Or I could just run the hose in from the yard <laughs> <laughs> through the... <laughs> Crack the window. What? Uh, neighbor, I was just wondering, why is there a hose going into your bathroom? <laughs> hey, oh, I, we got a bidet. I ain't a, mil- our... I ain't a millionaire. <laughs> I ain't a millionaire, son. Why are you always dumping a bucket out, out, out of the window? <laughs> like... Oh, um, they're not twins. Uh, Baba and Forrest are not twins. Mm, they are not, no relations. Not like Arnold and Danny DeVito. Yes. Um, I will say in the shot... I do like all the CGI. Uh, this is like an example of like how a little bit of CGI can turn. Because this, this them going to the, it looks like there's like maybe nine nine people on this camp, but because they have all the helicopters going by, it looks like such a bigger deal. Yeah, it's kind was... of distracting. That's a lot of helicopters. Well, it distracts from the fact that there's just nine people at a little camp here. <laughs> I mean, it it shows how Zemeckis used to be really good at effects before. He's just like, I don't need people. <laughs> put them on a cartoon train yep um i've still never seen polar express maybe i will for the holidays uh not saluting an officer this is also where i learned that apparently that's a real thing that you don't salute an officer i'm I'm just assuming it's a thing from this movie but see it sounds like it would check out i think it's I i will say like they're not like out in the field like this is home base like are there a lot of snipers or are they just trying to get that in their head right right away? Yeah, I think um, it's more the latter. Yeah, probably more the latter. Also, I think in general, I was I did a little research that like you're not supposed to salute if your hands are full, anyways. Like it's not like a thing you drop stuff to do. Hmm. So now we if know. There's one if there's one thing that uh, Monday morning quarterbacking Americans love, it's getting mad about salutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, last thing really that we, uh, find out on this segment, this, this, this area of the movie is the importance of socks, guys. I agree with this. Yeah. Yeah. So we're spending a little extra money for some nice socks, I think. Don't you have those fancy socks, Rob? Oh, I wear Bombas. I'm a Bomba boy. 
What's so special about those? They're they're comfortable. They have little little form fitting things around it. They're nice. They're n- listen. No one no one has Bomba socks and they're unhappy with them. They're like the Badeo socks. <laughs> I uh, I received some as a gift. Yeah, do you like them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Good socks. Um, the other the last thing I'll say that I that I have for this this segment is I never realized that Lieutenant Dan just starts talking about Arkansas. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah Instead of funny. Alabama. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's a good little it's a good little joke. I like Lieutenant Dan. I like him best with legs. <laughs> I bet he does too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever I watch this, I'm like, oh man, Lieutenant Dan with legs doing so much. What was was Gary Sinise in anything big before this? Because I mean this is the when everyone, you know, wouldn't Gary Sinise became a name like people actually knew who he was I think this is his first big role he was in I think The Stand well that was after I thought um Um, I think I got I got some thoughts on the The Stand miniseries most of them are not good but Gary Sinise is actually a great pick for that role Uh, yeah which character is 93 he's uh Stu basically the the lead white guy oh yeah that is good pick yeah much better than molly ringwald and rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah uh although the, the although that guy from coach is the guy who says m-o-o-n spells moon yeah which is hilarious <laughs> the the once in these thing that he did do that i don't think i've seen is he is um in of mice and men of john malkovich and he actually directed that Oh and yeah, I saw it in like middle school or something, and it was good. But. Yeah, ninety two. So, um, it's weird because I don't know if he's ever directed anything else. But he's that's... too he's too busy with the Lieutenant Dan band. Yes, yes, I forgot about that. He does have the Lieutenant Dan band. You know, <laughs> I mean, I fe- uh, to talk about kind of like bands who are just out there. Maybe that's the greatest doing... American rock band. Mm- you know, one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and I think I shared this with Joe, is someone uh, found a clip of, and I mean, Lieutenant Dan Band, I don't know if they have original material. I, th- I think they just do covers, because I heard this clip, and he's not the singer, he's, I think he's the bassist. But, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> so there's this clip where the lead singer comes up to the mic and goes, do we got any CSI fans out there? And the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Yeah, there are too many. Which one is Gary Sinise? Do we have any CSI fans out there? And it's during like a cover of Baba O'Reilly or something like that. (laughs) Wow, uh, I had no idea. Hey, he's having a good time. The fans are having a good. I think he knows exactly what Lieutenant Dan Band is. So good on him. Yeah, go have fun out there. Um, do you guys have anything else on uh? On this four scomp, these four minutes, I'm sure we have a lot more Vietnam time ahead of us. Uh, we have one other song, and I'm not going to, I don't, I don't think I'll spend a whole bunch of time on, but it's, uh, I Can't Help Myself, parentheses, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Mm, sugar uh, Pie by, Honey oh. Bunch. By the Four Tops. It's a good song. It's mm-hmm. uh, one of a zillion Motown singles. Um, but this is, I was thinking the other day, like I had the soundtrack back in the day. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I was wondering, are there how many songs are on this soundtrack that aren't white dudes? 
I mean, obviously, boomer classic rock is pretty much white dudes and maybe Jimi Hendrix, but <laughs> yeah. But like, this is probably the first song, um, that's by not a white guy, unless you count mm. uh, Naked Jenny at the titty bar. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this would be the first non-white er- song so far in the movie that we've talked about for sure. Yeah. It is a a very white movie and a very white guy soundtrack. Uh, I think think R-E-S-P-C-T by Aretha Franklin is played later, too. Okay. But that's all off the top of my head. But I'm sure we'll have plenty of time. Uh, Maybe a Supreme song as well. But is mostly... Yeah, we have Respect, and I guess we have Mamas and the Papas, which is half ladies. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but... Overall, very white guy soundtrack. Um, yeah, I like I like much both much songs. like much like this podcast. Much like <laughs> much like any podcast. <laughs> um, Joe, do you have anything else? Um, well, I was what what would you, what would your two rules for Vietnam be? He mentions what that there are two, but he doesn't say what they are. What do okay. you think they're going to be, or do you already, do you remember what they are? Mm, uh, I don't remember, but I'm gonna say one if of mine. Okay, be, if you, if it's the three of us are gonna walk through the on patrol. Yep. You're Lieutenant Rob. What's your yep. two rules for me and Duff? Number one, uh, poop before you leave. <laughs> before, before you, you go, before you leave the war. No, <laughs> before you go, before we go out for the day, make sure you change your schedule to be a morning pooper. That's what, what you gotta can't. be. Well, that's uh, listen. Ask me, ask me to change up my biology. Yeah, you just you know. Uh, war is hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's number one. Number one, and uh, right. and uh, number two is sunblock. <laughs> sunblock? Yeah, make sure you uh, put sunblock on. That that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of lot of direct heat. What do you guys got for this? Um, mine. Okay, number one is um, make sure Rob's gun isn't loaded because I feel like you <laughs> shoot me for sure on accident <laughs> or on purpose. Yeah, or on purpose, maybe true. And then, um, let's see. <laughs> um, man, it's hard. So I think uh, I would say. Uh, you have to take off all your rings or any type of jewelry because they might get caught in something. Okay. Okay. I, I so, just so remember- your, your platoon is a jewelry-free outfit. No, I'm just. I just remember that story about how Jimmy Fallon got drunk and almost severed his finger off because he like it got caught on a handle or something. Like okay. he was in his kitchen. It sounds so- like the only funny thing he's ever done. <laughs> Um, it's it's kind of like if you're in, sh- it goes along with like the shop class rule: no untucked clothing. So. Okay, keep it tucked. Keep the jewelry in its uh, case. That's yep. your two. That's your two, Duff. Uh, double knot your shoes. Mm. Don't. Okay. I'm All right. Go chew with your mouth closed. Is my second one. Yeah. Oh, now you you just. <laughs> You're just thinking about like, Rob specifically. No, I don't want. I don't want them to hear us eating our little snacks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> our, our trail mix. <laughs> Yeah, good rules. Good We'd be rules dead in three hours. Oh, we yeah. would do so bad. I'm. We already talked about. I'm for sure got drafted. 
Yeah. 100%. Did they have so. computers back then that you could work on? <laughs> yeah. Is there a website I could build? What yeah. are you talking about? Um, all right, guys. Well, just just imagining us going up the Ho Chi Minh Trail. <laughs> um, Rewrite Imagine by John Lennon, but about going through the bush with us. <laughs> Imagine all these dorks living in harmony. <laughs> um, listeners, uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook at Gump Minute. You can go and rate and review us on iTunes. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. And uh, if you want to talk to other listeners of the show, you can go to, uh, we have a Facebook group called Box of Chocolates that you could either search for or you could go to forcegumpminute.com slash chocolate. All right, guys, we'll be back uh, next week. Happy the days while I'm ending the nest Till once more they ride high out to sea